episode 81 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Time to vote, America. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. It's all over but the voting. Time to get to work. Uh, If you're listening to this uh, while you're waiting in line to vote on election day, thank you. Stay in line as long as it takes. I myself will be voting today on election day. I tried to early vote, but the lines were pretty hard to deal with. And I think here in New York, election day with all the polls opening, uh, I don't think I'm going to have much of a wait. There might be some wait, but I'm going to I'm going to go to it today. Um, look, I think I've said it all. I think I've said all there is to say about this election. So let me just talk about what's been said since we've last talked. Really, I mean, I'm going to talk about what I've said since I've done my WABC show just on Sunday. America, the president of the United States knows he's losing this election today. And, you know, if you're listening to this this on Friday or Saturday, he probably already lost or I'm completely wrong. And maybe you'll never download my podcast again. But if your closing argument involves how you're going to challenge the election results, you know you lost. If your closing argument involves surrogates of yours challenging legal votes in Texas, you know you're lost. So by the way, they lost that at the Texas Supreme Court. Uh, as of Monday night, they've lost it in federal court. Who knows if it'll be appealed and if an appellate judge will hold it up. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, so I, I you know, it, but that's their closing argument. Your closing argument is it's rigged. Your closing argument is it's fixed. Meanwhile, pre-election day voting came very close to 100 million. Four years ago, only 138 million Americans vote. If you're listening to this before the votes come in, this is the number you need to look for tonight. Turnout, turnout, turnout. If they are projecting over 150 million votes cast in this election, I find it really hard to believe that Donald Trump will be elected president. If Texas's turnout, which right now is at 108% of its 2016 level, goes above 130%, I find it hard to believe that Donald Trump wins Texas. Now, Texas is one of those states that has all sorts of suppression, but 138% of 2016 levels, 
that's pretty amazing, right? Turnout was up a little bit for Beto O'Rourke over the last six-year, you know, midterm election. It's already up in Texas. Could go up to 130% of what it was four years, maybe even more. Look for the turnout numbers. You won't have to look too too hard in Texas because you're going to know the result of Texas probably by 1030 um, tonight. You'll know the results of Florida by 1030, 11 o'clock tonight. And I still believe Joe Biden's going to win Florida. Uh, some tight polls in Florida. Uh, the early voting, the Democrats only have a slight advantage over Republicans party to party. But there are a lot of independents that voted in Florida, too. And I like the demographic makeup of that group. I, I, I really do. I'm feeling comfortable. Uh, not confident, not 100% confident, but comfortable. Comfortably confident. How about that? I am confident. I'm I'm. Look, I get it. Pundits aren't supposed to say they think it's going to be this. They think it's going to be that after what happened in 2016. In 2016, I thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, but I never, ever once ruled Donald Trump out. I uh, I give him a 10% chance of winning, kind of like Nate Silver and things that are 1 in 10 happen all the time, but I don't think it's happening tomorrow. I, I just, the, the turnout to me, again, like, look, we could wake up on election day and turnout is only 106% of what it was in 2016. It's it's only, you know, 35, you know, 140 million. And then who knows, right? But remember, he won he won the election by winning three states by less than 100,000 votes collectively among those three states. Early voting turnout in those swing states is tremendous. In Wisconsin, uh Michigan and Pennsylvania, the early vote has 1.7 million voters in it that did not vote in 2016. Some of them are going to be Trump voters, I'm sure. Most of them aren't. There is a high propensity in the demographics of these people who are voting not to be Trump voters. So I'm confident. I'm also confident that the Democrats are going to take control of the Senate. I, I, I'm interested to see what happens in in Georgia. Uh, I think John Ossoff, um, man, that guy could debate. And that debate he had last week with Senator Perdue, uh, which led Senator Perdue to cancel the last debate because, you know, he got his ass kicked, um, was amazing. And he was slightly ahead in the polls. Georgia has this old Jim Crow rule where you got to get 50% to win. And, and yeah. You heard me correctly. It's an old Jim Crow rule. You got to have 50% of the vote um, to win in Georgia. And so there probably is going to be a runoff in at least one of those seats. But you know what? That's another state that looks like it's going to be breaking records for turnout. Watch the turnout in Georgia. If Georgia's turnout is 100 in 2016... There's a chance that Joe Biden wins Georgia, and there's a chance that John Ossoff or uh, or Warwick, uh, who is the other Democrat running for Senate there, there are two races in Georgia, that they could win one or, one or both of those races outright. There's definitely, you know, it appears that the Warwick seat, which is the uh, Senator Loeffler seat, is going to have a runoff election in January. Republicans are definitely splitting the vote there. But you know what? Warwick's not that far off the 50% threshold. Turnout, turnout, turnout. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if the Senate is 52, 
48 because the Democrats won two seats in Georgia. Now, if they're winning two seats in Georgia, they're winning Montana, they're winning North Carolina, you know, a couple other states that seem to be bubble states. I mean, I don't expect Georgia to go on alone. They could win Texas. They can win the Senate seat in Texas. Um, so it's a it's it's going to be an interesting night tonight. Uh, I'll be on TV in New York. I was supposed to be on Fox News during the day today, but that's not happening. I'll be on tomorrow and uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and I'll be on Friday, and I'll be on on a lot. So I'm excited. I mean, look, the president didn't take COVID-19 seriously, and part of his closing argument is he's going to fire Fauci after the election. Great. Great job. More Americans trust Fauci than trust you, Mr. President. I'm sure <clears throat> I'm sure that Kelly Loeffler, when she heard that, loved it. Corey Gardner, Susan Collins, I'm sure they loved it. Martha McSally. So I'm excited. I, I think we all have reasons to be excited. We, I know we're all nervous. I know we all have post-traumatic stress disorder from 2016. I get it. I don't. I really don't. Um, I don't know why. I should. I mean, I was there. Uh, I mean, it, it's... it's uh, I don't know. I've erased it. I think the task at hand is very important. I think we're doing a good job at it. I think everybody that listens to this podcast should be proud of the work they did. I know a lot of you have texted me and messaged me on Facebook and Instagram and uh, uh, Twitter uh, and and told me uh, what you've been doing. And I, and I love it. I love you for it. And I think it's going to make a difference tomorrow. And I, I expect there to be surprises tomorrow in the Democrats' favor. I just think there's a state out there we're not thinking about, or maybe we thought about a little bit, and I'm not even talking about Texas and Georgia or Arizona. I mean, I'm not even talking about Arizona. I think I think he's winning Arizona, right? Mark Kelly's winning Arizona for sure, it looks like. Um, I think Joe Biden's winning Arizona too. Arizona, I think, has changed. I also think North Carolina's changed, and I don't think North Carolina's going back. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong. Been wrong before. Why not be hopeful? You're going to hear all sorts of things the next couple of days. The president might claim victory tonight if, you know, Florida and Texas and North Carolina don't go for Joe. He might claim victory if they do. And then we should laugh at him. We should just laugh at him and say, okay, Mr. President, time for you to go see a doctor. <laughs> you know, I mean, let him have his, let the baby have his bottle. Um, if the president claims victory before reaching 270 electoral votes in any reasonable way that it could be called by any reasonable professional independent judge to call elections meaning the associated press the networks including fox news by the way if he claims victory before that time and republicans don't stand up to that i mean that's the end of them right can we just all just say they're they're not really they're not really into our constitution they're really not into the american system of electing people they they just are not demo- democratic and i'm talking little d democratic i, I mean let's be clear let's be clear what's going to happen um if this president claims victory every serious person in this country needs to reject that unless he's actually achieved victory and if you don't do that, Mitch McConnell, others who've just given him a pass over the years, if you don't come out and rebuke it immediately, 
it's time for you to go. It's time for us to have a serious conversation, assuming the Democrats take power in this country, which I think they will. Let's have a serious conversation with these people about what it means to be, uh, to live in a constitutional republic like the one we live in here. You got to rebuke this guy immediately if he comes out and says that he won when he didn't. And if he starts, you know, making egregious claims, trying to stop the legitimate counting of votes in states, causing chaos in our streets, encouraging his supporters to riot even. I mean, you know, we saw the incident with the bus over the weekend. And the president then the next day decides to, you know, I was going to blow it off. I wasn't going to talk about that, that bus incident, which I thought was ridiculous. But then the president brought it up and said, oh, they were protecting the bus. No, this is not presidential behavior. I don't think it's helping him. I think he's going to lose badly, and I think he's going to. I think there are going to be some senators right now that are up for re-election that didn't even think they had a race that are going to wake up tomorrow morning and not be senators anymore. And that's a great thing for America because those guys don't belong there anyway because they've just been Trump's lapdog for the last four years as he ran run roughshod over the Constitution and our values and our traditions in this country. So good riddance to them. I'm excited. Can you tell? I have a great guest. Uh, We recorded this on Thursday. Uh, Barbara Boxer, former senator from the great state of California, who's been on my show before. Um, She was a guest on my radio show on Thursday night. My last guest before uh, the election. I don't do guests on my Sunday show on WABC. Um, And she's awesome. And I like senators like her who stand up for what they believe in, whether it's you know, fashionable to the president from their own party or not. And we have none of that right now. We have a we have a U.S. Senate run by Republicans that are lapdogs to this president. And I'm pretty excited that some of them are going to get surprised today. Really excited. I hope I'm right. And I think I am. I hope I'm right. And I think I am. So get ready, America. I know it's going to be wild. I know you're going to be biting your nails tonight. I hope my little podcast today gave you some comfort that there's a, there is at least one pundit in this in this country willing to go out on a limb and say, I think it's going to be a bloodbath today, a, a bloodbath. I think there are going to be Republicans who, who are going to just wake up unemployed tomorrow, and I love it, and you should too. All right, I got Barbara Boxer. Then I'll come back, and I'll wrap it up with my final words before the election. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. It's at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Please share this with your friends. Get people involved. And also hit the subscribe button because I'll probably come back sometime this week and do a little update. All right, stick around. Joining me right now, one of the greatest voices, I think, in the Democratic Party. Uh, someone who I've long admired and has been on this show before. Uh, former Senator Barbara Boxer, who represented the great state of California. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Um, you know, I've been on the ballot myself. Uh, I think it's ele- yeah, 12 elections I was on the ballot. Wow. I've never been as nervous as I am on this one because so much is at stake. So much is at stake. And uh, while I am nervous, I, you know, I, I've run many campaigns and I'm looking at the turnout numbers right now. 
And I can't imagine that this is a good election for Republicans. I mean, it's just the turnout appears to be. I mean, the estimates now that we're seeing, uh, it could be as high as 160 million people voting in this election. I, I don't know if it's going to get that high, but I, that would be 30 million more people than voted four years ago. And they're not all voting because they're happy. No, I hear you. And look, if I was rational, I would agree <laughs> with everything and I would be calm. But for four years, just like probably the vast majority of the people listening to you on this show. Yep. Um, I've been in chaos. I have never seen anything like this. And if President Obama or President Clinton or even George W. Bush had done, you know, one-tenth of the things or said one-tenth of the things that Trump asked, you know, they would be probably resigning in shame. Yeah. this, this, This president... Forget it. I mean, he doesn't know what shame is. He doesn't know what empathy is. He doesn't know what caring is. He doesn't know what the presidency is. He doesn't know what the Constitution is. Right. And he certainly, certainly doesn't understand how to handle a pandemic that's killing us. It's turning America into the killing field. I just did this little talk about the pandemic in places like North and South Dakota. And unfortunately... The closest I get to North and South Dakota, I guess I'm on in Wisconsin and I'm on in Idaho, but I'm not on in North and South Dakota. I don't have a I don't have a station in Bismarck, uh, but it it's a it, it to, they're, they're today reporting 40 percent positive in their testing in North and South Dakota. I mean, that's that's outrageous. I don't know how anybody from North and South Dakota can vote for this guy. You would. You would think if they loved um, being alive, uh, that they would not do it. It's almost, Chris, it's almost uh, a cult-like following. When you look at the huge crowds that are coming out in these hot zones, uh, just now in Nebraska, where elderly people, okay, people my age. You're not elderly. Stop it. Stop it, Senator. I mean, (laughs) let me put it this way. I'm not young. Right. And, and I will put it this way. To go out into the freezing cold, to be left abandoned there. Yeah. Who gets back on his plane, who basically says, this is awful. I'm standing up here and the wind is really cold around me. Isn't it the and perfect metaphor for the Trump? Who is sitting down and he says, oh, well, at least you guys are a lower level. You're not feeling the cold. <laughs> Isn't it the perfect metaphor for him, though? Like, he'll leave his supporters out stranded in the cold. Bingo. Yeah. And he's just all out stranded in the cold with this epidemic, regardless of our zip code, regardless of who we are. And I I got news. I I mean, I'm going to say this, and you're the one, you know, I I ran a lot, and I was very involved in my campaigns and strategy, et cetera. But I think something interesting is happening now. We see two very divergent groups, I think, moving toward Joe yeah. quick. One is young people and one is old people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of hard to make a case for old people where you say, you know what, you die for the Dow or just stay home. I, I mean, it's like, it's like the young people want to live. And guess what? The old people want to see the young people and they want to live. Yeah. And, you know, as a grandmother, I got to say this, just putting aside any of the work I did 
any of that stuff. I literally can't stand being away from my grandkids. And it's uh, the toughest, toughest thing. And we manage to do it like every few months now. Yep. They go get tested. They isolate. But this is, but if my kids didn't work at home, they work at home. If they worked, you know, on a factory line or, you know, a meatpacking plant or they worked in a store or they were a teacher and had to go back to the classroom, you know, it would be impossible for them to see us. Yeah. So this thing is just, you know, it's unbelievable. Let's put it that way. I'll tell you, though, this pandemic has gotten young people out to vote. I was a student leader a long time ago. Uh, and I registered thousands of people when I was president of SUNY, SUNY Albany student body. Thou- I mean, I must have registered 6,000 people to vote. I think I got 600 of them to come out and vote. And, oh, wow. and we're looking we're looking at this election right now where in the state of Florida alone, there has been a 450 percent increase in uh, 18 to 30 year olds coming out to vote early. I mean, that, that's amazing to me. I know, because young people, including myself, when I was young, we tended to do everything last minute, right? Homework, yep. last minute. Yeah. You know, chores we had to do, go to the dentist, last minute. So it is extraordinary. And I think what has happened, and a lot of it is youth-driven. You yeah. Know, after the gun violence and the climate change reversal by Trump, these issues are hitting young people in their gut. And now it's cool to vote. It's rebellious to vote. Yeah. It's some boring thing that grown-ups tell you have to do. Yep. And also, with Trump trying to suppress the vote all over the place, then they think, wow, this must be pretty good if, <laughs> if they're trying to stop me. Oh, you don't want me to vote? Okay, I'm going to vote. And I actually been I've been saying that all week. I'm like, you know, they don't want people to vote, and they're doing everything they can to discourage people to vote, but people are voting, <laughs> and they are mad. That's right. I put out a tweet the other day. It was something like, Donald Trump keep talking and we keep voting. Yep. Yep. Because every time he talks and he says, can you imagine a president who says votes, votes that weren't cast on the day of the election shouldn't be counted? Yeah. What is wrong with him? Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. My whole life in all the years I was in office, 24 years in the Senate, 10 years in the House, six years in local government. The thing that bugged me. All the time was the low voter turnout. Yeah. I never understood it. I couldn't stand it. And the more I dug into it, the more I realized that it's up to us who are in office to really explain to people that your life truly depends on who votes, not just, you know, in the Oval and in the, in the, in the Congress, but also in the city council. Absolutely. And now I think, the dots have been connected because Trump did it for us. Yep. He, he made it so bad that people woke up and said, no, no, I can't go back to sleep. No, and I don't, I don't think they're going to. And I think, you know, I, I think this is going to be a movement. I think one of the things, you know, if the Democrats take control, which I think they will, and we'll talk about the Senate when we come back from this next break, um, you know, they've got to immediately institute a new Voting Rights Act uh, yes. because this, you know, these attempts in these southern states, even in states like Pennsylvania and others to suppress the vote has to they have to be cut off here. We've got to figure out a way to make sure every American uh, feels comfortable voting and that their vote will be counted and that there's no ability to suppress. It. All right. 
Let's talk for a minute about the U.S. Senate, which you are obviously intimately aware of. You you work yeah. there. Um, you know, I, the Democrats need to pick up. They need to net three seats to take the Senate. Um, you know, what is your view of the map right now? OK, so let's go through it together. Um, Democrats have 47. Right. We want to get to 50. Yep. If we get to 50, it's the vice president who would break the tie. So Kamala Harris would be the tiebreaker. Yep. Would be way better to get to 51. Yes. And I'm going to share that with your listeners because most people don't understand why. The reason is the committees will all be equal parts, and it's very difficult to get anything done. We've done this before. I was there when it was 50-50. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was there, too. I worked for Chuck then. <laughs> so. You work for who? I worked for Senator Schumer then. You don't remember this. I drove you oh once to the city, and you and I got stuck on a ferry together going to Fire Island for an event once. Oh, my God. <laughs> you forget. <laughs> Chuck sent me out to the island to pick you up. You were at your sister-in-law's house. Oh, my God. <laughs> I drove you into the city. That's the craziest thing ever. But here's the deal. So, so let's get back. So uh, we're at 47. We think it will be very hard to hold on to Doug Jones' seat. Yes. Who is a wonderful senator from Alabama. We're not giving up, but it's, but to be real about it, it's a tough one. Yep. So if we don't make that, we're at 46, right? So yep. We need four. We need four to get to where we want to go. So here's what, we, what I think we have. I think we can count on, and I always say this, believe me, I don't take it. Yes. No. Way. You got to let but them count. We can count on Arizona, Colorado, and Maine. And then there's a list, Montana, Iowa, North Carolina, and Kansas. Then there's also South Carolina yep. and Georgia. Yeah. And that's a big list. So look, if we can pick up one, we get to 50. If we could pick up two, we get 51. Yeah. So that's how I see it. And I volunteer for a pack that I created called Pack for a Change and we're advertising in six different races right now. That's get great. out the vote. And it mostly we're trying to get out the vote, our vote in Arizona, in places where there's a lot of Latinx community yep. that needs to be, you know, revved up. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we have a very good chance. That's great. I mean, I, I watched a little bit of that John Ossoff debate yesterday. Um, oh, man, he crushed he crushed him. I mean, it was if people are voting based on that debate, it's over. Yeah, I saw the part you did probably where he says, it's not only that you're a crook, Senator. <laughs> yeah, it's not only that you're a crook, you're an incompetent crook. <laughs> it's, it's like he listed the guy's, you know, failures for the state. And it, it's just, it. you know, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's something funny going on in Georgia, right? I mean, Georgia, the, the margin of victory for Republicans in Georgia has shrunk every single year for the last, like, for national elections. And, you know, and, and if you include Stacey Abrams last year, two years ago, she lost by a point and a half. Um, and then they registered in the last two years, 700,000 people. And now you're seeing 12 hour lines for people to vote there. Well, something is happening in Georgia. And what is happening is that people are bound and determined to vote. And I don't know how you feel when I see those long lines. It brings tears to my eyes. Me too. Yeah, for two reasons. One, how incredible is it that people get it now? They get that this is their power. 
This is how you have to, what you have to do in a representative democracy. Yep. You need to show up. And, um, but then I also tear up because I think, why the heck is it so difficult? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be this hard. It should be, it should, shouldn't take you more than 20 minutes to vote. You should be able to run down to your nearest CVS and vote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it. Store and vote. Now, if you had to pick a state that we're not thinking about, a race that we haven't talked about, that would surprise you on election night that you think is a, you know, maybe not a, maybe not a 50-50 chance, but maybe it's like a 20% chance that the, that Dems pick up. What state would that be? Well, I think it would be Texas. Um, if you're talking about the presidential, uh, Texas, I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm very concerned about it, but if it if it goes our way, and if Hagar wins against Cornyn, and I think they that we have a twenty percent chance. There. Yeah, I think that we have at least a twenty percent chance there. And if Texas goes our way, it's the change. It's a major shift politically oh, yeah. in this country. I mean, it, it would oh. completely change politics in America. Frankly, it would. So it, you and I know the electoral college. Yeah, and so if we win Texas and we get that as a solid blue wall. How does that change? The other one is Ohio. You know, there's a 20% chance we take Ohio. Yep. Maybe a little more. So I think those. And then in the Senate race, you know, I'm thinking the, the Kansas lady, uh, Barbara Bollier. Yes. Who, it's another BB, so I'm all for her. <laughs> and, and a Barbara. And she's a Barbara. And she's a BB. Barbaras Barbara. tend to do well in Senate races. From what I've, From all I know of, every Barbara I've known has always won. So. <laughs> so we the name Barbara and Carol and Linda, that was the only names for girls when I was growing up. So you right away know when someone's name is Barbara or Linda, you know, or Carol or one of those, we're old, but older, older. It's going to be interesting, though. I, I, uh, I am. I've been watching Texas very closely. I mean, Texas to me is the ultimate prize. It's it's the question of when, not if, it shifts. And this seems like, I mean, Texas does everything they can to suppress the vote. When the Texas state Republican-controlled legislature decided early in the year not to allow party-line voting uh, on the ballots this year, which they had had for years in Texas, oh my. that was a strong signal to me that they were concerned about what might happen this year. Well, how, about, how about this one, Chris? How about when the governor said, we're only going to have one drop yeah. Uh, place per county. Now imagine in these counties, they're humongous. They, uh, they're huge. Yeah, there's ta- their counties bigger than states in Texas. Texas is a big place. Even the cities are big. They're all spread out. I mean, it, it's a tremendous. I mean, I I used to spend some time in Houston on business, and you know you can't walk around Houston. It's not like Manhattan. <laughs> you know, it's a, it is not condensed. It's a, it's a, a huge county. Let's talk about, you know, the chaos that this president is promising us. I mean, he doesn't say he's going to create chaos, but he's clearly aiming towards creating chaos uh, on Election Day and thereafter as states are counting their votes. What's your thoughts on that? Okay, let me say this. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. You grew up in New York, right? Yep, I grew up in New York. Now, I grew up on Long Island. My mother grew up in Brooklyn. All right, there you go. And I know a bully when I see one. This guy is a loudmouth bully. And I think the whole thing is meant to make people scared. And yet and still, it's not working. Yeah. You know, people are voting already. Look how many people, maybe half the people have already voted. 
And for the most part, we haven't seen any of this stuff. And I'll tell you why. It's very interesting. Because our national election is so localized, every county, okay, has its own system. Every county has its own way to protect the voter. Every county has the rules. Yep. So it's really kind of homegrown. And i got to tell you something. If some of these, I call them domestic terrorists. I don't call them militiamen. No, I call them, I call them terrorists. I don't even give them domestic. I just call them terrorists. They're, they're as bad as any terrorist, if you ask me. And if these homegrown terrorists show up, it's going to be in a place they're not from. And I'm telling you, we will have sheriffs, police, we will have people watching. Yep. And I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Now, you're saying, what about after Election Day? Now, after Election Day, there could be some complaints and riots, but our people don't have to go out after Election Day. Their job is on Election Day. Well, I'm worried about, like, let's say Pennsylvania, which many people think is the tipping point state. Let's say we don't win Florida and it all comes down to Pennsylvania and we know that Republicans are going to vote same day more than Democrats are. Democrats are voting early. And it's going to take maybe a week to count the ballots in Pennsylvania. Not so bad, but a week. I'm worried that the president is going to try to claim victory and then try to hold up the count in court, thus throwing the electoral process into chaos. Well, this could happen. And I got to tell you something. I, honest to God, and I am not usually, I'm not even going to go there with you. I'm not going to go there with you. What you're saying is a possibility, but I don't want to have that negativity yeah. in my brain. I, I don't want to deal with it. I, I've, I've been around a long time, and I've, I've, I've seen situations that are really awful, and you can't anticipate what they are. Look, something even worse than that could happen. But at this point, I don't want to go there with you. And by the way, I am a believer that this is not going to be a close election. I, I mean, I've said it and I, I, I'm not discouraging people from working. I've been working my butt off and I've been encouraging everybody to get out there and vote. And let's, you know, we, we don't just got to defeat Trump. We got to defeat Trumpism. And the way to do that is to beat him badly and just show the world what a loser he is. I think we're going to win a state we're not thinking about. Like, like we haven't even mentioned like Arkansas, which had a 47-47 poll. You know, there there are states out there that could could just become Democratic states. I mean, the state of Montana, uh, I looked at the turnout numbers in the state of Montana today, and I'm like, wow, that's unusually high. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, well, they, they did, they, we do have a chance to pick up that Senate seat with yep. Steve Bullock running there. Let me just say this, and if that's true, look, there could still be demonstrations and all the rest, but I think there's nothing as powerful as the people speaking. So... Because we're talking now before the election, this interview is before the election, we don't know. But I will say this. If we win Florida, if, it's a very big if. Yep. Don't count on it. It's a, toy, yeah. it's a coin toss. It's so important because if we win Florida, I think it's over for, uh, for Trump. I don't see his path. But I do think it's important because it's early, you know, early evening that we'll know. Yep. Uh, pretty much eight o'clock, I guess seven o'clock. The polls close there, which on the West Coast is four, where I am going to be. And then at eight o'clock, the rest of the state votes. And apparently, they have a a good system. Let's hope they don't they don't cheat, because uh, I worry about that. But yes. if it's a big win, it's a big win there. And you know, and I hope it's so big in 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 Pennsylvania. 
we, we're just guessing, and I think at this point, my own feeling about this chaos is we need to win big, period. Yep. That's what I think. And I don't want to speculate. If bad things happen, believe me, I'll have a lot to say. But at this point, I think it's a lot of bullying, and, and the way we do our voting, if these terrorists, domestic terrorists, as I call them, uh, straight-up terrorists, as you call them, if, they, if they're going to start invading different places, they'll, they'll meet their match in the, in the local uh, police. I, yep. think, I really, really do. I, I think they will, too. And I think that, you know, I, I always tell these people, you know, we have a perfectly good army. If you really want to dress up like a soldier, why don't you go to the, why don't you join the army? Like, these are, these are a bunch of cowards that wouldn't join the army, but they want to play army. They're probably, you know, you know, they, it's ridiculous. They're in cells, some of them, too. And I don't want to get into that with you because. Oh, it's, 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 look, I'm not minimizing the problems that we face and the problems that we will continue to face until we really come to grips with a lot of this, which is which we've had a president who's much more, he's given them much more than a wink yep. and a nod. Yep. Given them encouragement, and we know that. But at this point, we have to have our say if we do it big. And as I said, if the older people say, I don't want to die, I want to live, I want Joe. Yep. I told Joe once quite a while ago, and I made him laugh. I said, um, he called me, it was 4th of July. He said, happy 4th of July, Barbara. And I said, I have a great slogan for you. He said, what? And I said, vote for Joe Biden. He won't kill you. Yeah. I, I always say he should just go with Sleepy Joe. Because quite oh. frankly, after four years of this manic yeah. maniac in the White House, yeah, I kind of would like a little sleepiness. I don't want to think about the president all the time. I want to have to prepare my show again. Like I used to have to, you know, I was on, I've been on the radio since 2014, 2013, actually. And I used to have a whole lineup and I pull clips. I don't have to do that anymore. I just talk about him. Oh. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's insane. It's exhausting. I can't tell you. I heard, um, I guess it was David Axelrod was on CNN the other day and he said, you know, he says, I've had to play shrink to all my friends who are a wreck and call me every day. Yeah, me and too. I was laughing because that they call, I'm sure your friends call you. My friends call me and they say, oh, I had a dream that Trump won and Trump this. <laughs> and he did that. And I said, take a breath. Yep. Breathe. It's all going to be over soon. Senator, awesome as always. Anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. Barbara Boxer, one of my favorite former senators and one of my favorite guests on this show, too. Senator, thanks for joining me. How great was Barbara Boxer? Always a great guest. I love talking to her. She's got so much experience. She knows what's going on. She knows everybody. And I think she's as confident as I am in what's going to happen on tonight. I don't know about you, but Monday, all I was doing, I was walking around uh, humming One Day More from Les Mis. I put it up on Twitter and Facebook. I've been walking around going, One Day More, One More Chance for Revolution. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm really excited. Let's just say this. I love politics. I love it. I love the X's and O's. You know, this year, it's not about it. It's not about X's and O's. It's not about my love of the game. It's about the future of this country. 
I mean, look, I, I know that Donald Trump's been good for my career. It's very evident. I mean, I made it into a movie because of this guy. He's raised my profile to a point where I never thought it could be. But he sucks. He's bad for this country. He's bad for the world. I mean, I, I think about this virus. You know, the reason why this world is relapsing into this virus, the reason why it's been so bad and it seems to be out of control in Europe is because America's not leading. America's not leading. It got out of control to begin with because America didn't lead. Because this guy knows nothing of leadership. He knows nothing of things that weren't handed to him on a platter. He's a fraud. And today is about getting rid of that fraud and moving on. And, and you know, then we've got to spend the next two years getting rid of Trumpism, which is a problem in this country, brought on particularly by people who are bad actors on the Internet. And let's be clear, people, I, I watched that, that, uh, that movie on Netflix. It's called um, The Social Dilemma. I, I highly encourage everybody to watch it. But we all knew this. We, we all knew this was going on. We've read millions of articles about it. People just go down these wormholes, these rabbit holes, if you will, of, of bad information. And they believe things that are ridiculous. I have smart people asking me about stupid theories. And I'm like, you guys are out of your freaking mind. Because people can make it look so good. But it's so fake. And it's so bad. And we've got to spend a lot of time figuring that out. And getting rid of it. We've also got to make sure that we don't have minority rule in this country ever again. I, I mean, we've got to make some serious reforms to how we conduct elections in this country. I want to get rid. I want to get rid of the Electoral College. I, uh, I, want, to, I, I want to add Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico as states. Um, I, want, I want to increase the size of the House of Representatives. Everybody, I, you, you heard me say this a couple weeks ago. I, I want to increase the size of the courts. I want to expand the courts. I will never call it court pecking. I want to expand the courts, including the Supreme Court. Uh, we've got a lot of things that we can accomplish if we win today, and we're going to win today. Get out there and work. Get out there and vote. I hope you're, I hope you're listening to this while you're online to vote. Somewhere in America, somewhere in Arizona, somewhere in Michigan or Florida or North Carolina or Georgia or Texas. If you're listening to this while you're online voting, please tell me because that will get me very excited. Um, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter or email me. Go to ChristopherHahn.com. There's an email there. But this is what I'm talking about. It's go time. You ready? Remember, whatever happens today. I think it's going to be good. Don't gloat if your side wins. Don't cry if your side loses. And I know it's going to be really hard not to cry if your side loses this year. We just got to get back to work if that happens and figure it out. But don't gloat. As misguided as these Trump voters are, they are our family in many cases. They are our Friends, in many cases, sisters, brothers, we're all Americans. We have a lot more in common than we don't. And I know these last couple of years have been particularly hard and have driven wedges between a lot of people who have longstanding relationships. But it's going to be hard to move on if all we want to do is own the other side. 
And I know that I'm a part of it. I go on TV and I fight. But you know, when I leave the air with these people that I'm on TV with, they're my friends. We hang out. I mean, we used to hang out before we were all locked in our houses. I respect them, even if it doesn't look that way on TV. And they respect me, even if it doesn't look that way. We got to get to a place in this country where we were, you know, just four or five years ago, where we used to argue about how we got things done, not whether or not the other side was, you know, trying to sell us to China. And I think we can get there. I know we can get there. I believe we can get there and I know we'll get there. So just remember, whatever happens tonight, act like you've been there before. Take the win. Take the loss. Move on. I love you all. This has been a hell of a year. Been a hell of an 80, well, 81 weeks I've been doing this this podcast for. 81 weeks. It might be actually 82 weeks. I think there was one week where we threw a best of up. It's a lot of weeks. It's a lot of podcasts. We did. We talked a lot about a lot of things. I had a lot of great guests. I want to thank them all. I want to thank people like Rick Wilson, Janet Johnson, who came on a lot. The Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, Barbara Boxer, who you just heard from. She's been on twice. Um, you know, we, we've had some great ones. Neera Tandon came on. Joy Behar. Um, you know, this, this podcast has been great. It's grown every single week. Um, and you've been a big, big help. I've heard it from a lot of you. Uh, I really do appreciate the support. Well, go out there and vote today. And then sleep tomorrow. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. I really do. And I know if you look for it, you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Progressive Podcast.